We've had 9,000 adverse reactions. At that point, I can tell you for certain, for me and for every single young girl, mother, and young woman that I have spoken to, they would not get that shot. This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from normally sunny Southern California, but it's raining today. Just to let you know, listeners are picking their favorite legal podcast in the ABA Journal's Blog 100. We've been recognized by the ABA Journal for the second year in a row. Thank you very much to the ABA Journal editors. And now you can vote for Lawyer to Lawyer by going to the link and vote on the Legal Talk Network site and also on the abajournal.com site under blogs. Well, no doubt many of our listeners have heard about the uh, prescription drug Gardasil, the vaccine Gardasil, but many uh, may not have heard about uh, some of the side effects that are being alleged to be attributable to the drug, including grand mal seizures, paralysis, coma, anaphylactic shock, and and even death. Uh, The vaccine was developed by Merck, the first on the market that targets the four strains of sexually transmitted Human papillomavirus, or HPV, believed to account for most causes of cervical cancer and genital wart infections. In 2006, the FDA approved Gardasil for females aged 9 to 26. Merck, the CDC, and the FDA all say it is safe, effective, and important. And there are some 20 million people currently infected with HPV, and women have an 80% chance of developing HPV by the time they are age 50. Well, Bob, there are thought to be more than 100 different types of HPV, according to Merck. And Merck has claimed that Gardasil has no significant side effects, quotes the CDC, as having not changed its recommendation in favor of the vaccine for young women. On the Merck website, however, the drug maker quotes the chair of the Committee on Infectious Diseases for the American Academy of Pediatrics saying, quote, if we look at the number of doses given... Versus the reports, it's very clear that there are significant benefits that far outweigh the potential risks at this time, unquote. According to results of the study by the FDA and the CDC, the agencies have investigated over 9,700 adverse events, including the deaths that occurred after Gardasil had been administered. And Bob, we did reach out to Merck to be a guest on today's program. Uh, spokesperson Amy Rose from Merck and Company politely declined, informed us that all updated information pertaining to the Gardasil vaccine can be found through both the FDA website at www.fda.gov and through the CDC at cdc.gov. Well, we've talked on the show a number of times about uh, litigation against Merck involving Vioxx. Uh, some are suggesting that Gardasil may be uh, the next bad news in the courts for Merck. Today, we're going to look at uh, the possible Gardasil litigation and focus in on efforts by two of our guests today who are uh, uh, making strides in, in uh, advocating on behalf of uh, Gardasil victims. 
Well, we're happy to welcome back uh, a returning guest, Attorney Tom Girardi from the firm of Girardi and Keys in Los Angeles, widely regarded by his peers as one of the nation's top trial lawyers with nearly 50 years of experience representing victims. Tom Girardi has obtained numerous multi-million dollar verdicts and settlements in a variety of big cases, including pharmaceutical and toxic tort litigation. In 2003, he received the most prestigious honor of being inducted into the Trial Lawyer Hall of Fame by the California State Bar. Mr. Girardi is a member of the Board of Directors and former president of the prestigious International Academy of Trial Lawyers, an invitation-only worldwide organization limited to 500 trial lawyers. He's also the first trial lawyer to be appointed to the California Judicial Council, the policy-making body for the state courts here in, in California. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you. That was very kind of you to say nice things about a lawyer. Um, but you almost have to uh, because you're lawyers yourself. Um, it's good to be here. This is a challenging issue, and uh, I'm very happy to weigh in for uh, whatever we can possibly uh, give in guidance. Great. Bob? Well, we're, we're going to hear more from you, Tom, in a second, but first let's introduce our next guest, uh, Aaron Brockovich is president of the consulting firm Brockovich Research and Consulting. Aaron is uh, well known uh, in popular culture as a, a law clerk, an environmental activist who, despite the lack of a formal law school education, was instrumental in constructing the case against Pacific Gas and Electric Company in California in the early 90s that led to a landmark settlement for families who were victims of toxic chemical dumping. Ms. Brockovich first worked with attorney Ed Masri on that case, then with Tom Girardi since the release of the movie that shares her name and the story of her investigation into the health problems of those families in Hinckley. Uh, she has gone on to host Challenge America with Eric, Aaron Brockovich on ABC, Final Justice on Lifetime. And she is currently working as a consultant to Girardi Keys on the West Coast and also to Whites and Luxembourg in, on the East Coast. Uh, she, uh, you may have seen her on TV commercials recently uh, talking about Gardasil, and she also writes a blog called The Brockovich Report. Welcome to the program, Erin Brockovich. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here today. Tom, let's start with you. We were chatting a little bit before we went online here about uh, where we stand uh, in terms of the possibility of there being litigation over Gardasil. Uh, fill us in with what you know on this. Well, um, I think a cautious lawyer would start off this conversation by saying more has to be learned before a lawyer can give good clients advice of what to do. You know, on the one hand, you have a medical problem that Gardasil is attempting to uh, solve in part. And then on the other hand, you have all of these side effects, some of which are disasters, uh, that are happening to young women. So, you know, there has to be, I think, more investigation here. You have, you know, as I've seen all these drugs over the years be approved by the FDA, and then not approved by the FDA, pretty soon one gets a jaundiced view of approval by the FDA. You know, something I know something about uh, was Merck's Vioxx. Now, litigation started in Vioxx in the year 2001, allegations by lawyers that, in fact, 
this drug was causing heart attack and stroke. And that progressed all the way up till the, all these cases were finally settled a few months ago. The interesting thing is the FDA, they got around to pulling it off the market in 2005. So here the lawyers knew about this, were moving forward, all during this time, it was a, quote, FDA-approved drug, close quote. And in its wake, during the period from two, 2001 to 2005, are left numerous people with heart attack and strokes, some of them causing death, due to Vioxx. So now then, you have this situation, um, and when you have 9,700 re adverse reaction reports, to the FDA, pretty soon you have to say, you know, what the heck is going on here? And like so many drugs, I think that this received approval early and not necessarily with all the oversight that should have occurred. Because if you're going to subject, even if there's a small risk of subjecting a young, a young woman to seizures, strokes, those sorts of very serious and disabling problems for a cure of some of the strains of the disease, not all of it. Um, if I'm a dad, i got to worry a little bit about this before I authorize my young daughter to have it. So I don't want to monopolize our conversation here, but just as an overview, there are massive concerns as more and more strokes, more and more seizures crop up. Uh, that we're currently investigating. Well, Aaron, can, can you give us the background on Gardasil? I mean, apparently it was touted as a miracle vaccine for young women to, to ward off cervical cancer. How does it, what's the background of it? Well, um, well there's, you know, uh, Tom is right, you know, um, he speaks always eloquently and perfectly on his legal issues. And um, for me, you know, I'm on a little bit of a flip side of that coin because I'm out there with the people. So, how I got involved in Gardasil, um, first of all, I was aware of the shot because I'm a mother of two teenage daughters. So I'm paying attention to what it is they're being recommended they should or shouldn't get. And I'm always very leery of injections. So it's something that was on my radar just personally because of my girls. Um, and then what happens for me is I'm this person, whether it be because of my blogs or the movie or whatever I'm doing, that, that people will come to me. And that's when I start getting first indications of what is or isn't happening with the shots. I get, you know, one mother that, that her daughter had the shot and immediately upon the injection blacked out. Um, and then you get, you know, three or four more comments to that regards. And then you suddenly get a few more emails. You know, my daughter had the injection and was hospitalized with heart palpitations. Um, my daughter got the injection um, and started having numbness and tingliness. And it just kind of becomes a snowball effect like everything that I work on where you now have to look at not 10 or 20 or 100 or 200 or 300 or 400, the number goes on and on and on, that are having these effects that, that are out there trying to report it to some system but they're not being heard. And that's when I start doing more research into um, information and what's happening to these young girls and will um, 
hopefully go and talk with Mr. Girardi because legally they'll they'll hear and know things that are happening. And I was concerned first and foremost with some articles that I had read from the original, I believe one of the original creators of the drug, um, I believe Dr. Diane Harper, who had been expressing some concerns that the injection shouldn't be given to girls under the age of 18. And I was getting a lot of emails from many mothers that girls were getting these injections at 9 and 11 and 13 and 15. And so that became a concern, and I was concerned why they weren't speaking out about that more um, publicly. And indications that even though she was trying to speak out, um, somebody was keeping her from doing that. And I think that that's a huge mistake because, you know, young girls' lives are at stake here. And something has, obviously, as Tom said, when you go to the Vaccine Reporting Act and look up 9,700 adverse effects, when does somebody stop and go, maybe we should take a long, hard look at this? And my concern is that that number is much, much higher because many people don't report those adverse reactions. I'm getting thousands of emails from the UK and Australia as well where the, they're getting the injection there and they're having the same effects and nobody's talking about that. So I think that, as Tom indicated, there needs to be more research. I don't know that the research was thorough enough before it got put out onto the market. And you have consumers who, who believe that this could be what some cure for cancer, and it's really not. Again, we've discussed there's potentially 100 strains of the HPV. I believe that this shot could cover up to four or six, yet I'm getting emails from women who've had the injection and have tested for HPV and has come back positive. Well, where, where does the research stand on this? I mean, we're, we're hearing from you that the research is perhaps not definitive that Gardasil is safe. Do we have research uh, that in any way definitively suggests that it's not safe? Or is it just a big question mark right now? Oh, I think I lean uh, towards it not being safe. You know, here is, you know, many drugs have a certain side effect. And let's suppose that you're suffering from pancreatic cancer which we know is a devastating disease, and you've got it. And then there's a drug out there that also causes, uh, you know, your hair to fall out. Well, you can weigh that and say, okay, here's the risk. My hair's going to fall out. Here's the problem, pancreatic cancer. I better take this stuff. On the other hand, when you have a product like this that I think the hype is way overstated, you know, it is being talked about as a, quote, cure for cancer. And as Aaron just eloquently stated, it, it could help with respect to, you know, certain strains, uh, less than 10% of the, of the known strains of this particular type of cancer. So, first of all, we start off with hype. That is over and beyond really what the drug is for. Because if you were to go ask anybody who, anything about Gardasil right now, they would tell you it cures cervical cancer. That's what they would say. The fact that it's supposed to prevent some strains of cervical cancer is, you know, lost in the, lost in the weeds. And we saw the same thing happen with Vioxx. You know, Merck knew before they sold the first Vioxx tablet 
that Vioxx causes heart attacks. That's a big statement by me. But it was proved by the documents at Merck because they knew that Vioxx coagulated the blood. Their chief scientist authored a report that said, when we go into clinical trials, are we going to give people aspirin with this drug? If we don't, we're going to have so many MIs, heart attacks, it'll kill the drug. So there was real specific knowledge by a drug company of a problem that they knew was going to be there. On the other hand, when the product was launched, and they spent more money than Budweiser in advertising during each of the years of the launch, um, none of that stuff was ever said. So I think that people have a right to know this is what this drug really may help. It may help some, certain strains of cervical cancer. Here's the other side of it. It has been known now to cause seizures, grand mal seizures, strokes, etc. Then a person can make a, an educated choice having that data before him. Is it good to get rid of some strains of, of cervical cancer? Of course. On the other hand, is it terrible on a preventative vaccine like this to end up with some serious medical problem that is you were never told about. So that's the real issue. And, and Tom is exactly, you know, uh, again, correct, because, you know, as I uh, communicate with these young women and, and their mothers, I mean, first of all, if, if these women had an opportunity uh, when they were in their doctor's office, it, I, I put myself in that position, and I have a doctor say to me, okay, this is um, a shot that has been designed to prevent a few cervical, you know, cancer issues. Not all. It's not a cure, but it can help guard or protect against. I would listen, but I would also, mind you, that's just a few number out of a, of a much bigger number. And that upon injection, you could black out, you could have a cardiac arrhythmia, um, you could experience massive headaches, um, tingling, there could be a risk of paralysis. There could be a risk for a Guillain-Barr syndrome. There could be risk of death. It's been reported, and we've had 9,000 adverse reactions. At that point, I can tell you for certain, for me and for every single young girl, mother, and young woman that I have spoken to, they would not get that shot. So misrepresentation is a huge word for me. And uh, awareness is a huge word for all of us, and so is choice. And in this instance, you have a drug that the original doctor had given out warnings not to give to girls under 18, yet that was happening. And, and to have this original doctor now not saying anything or have been stifled, I, I think is for me is criminal because she's the person that we should trust, that we should look to, that could have information that could stop this from going on because there's a concern that some states are trying to make this injection mandatory. And the, you're just taking away choice at that point from somebody that could be getting ready to experience a death sentence. So all of these things, for me and for the public, are enormous. And, you know, Tom brings up, you go back to 
to Vioxx and you find out that they, in fact, knew. I mean, we could back ourselves all the way up to the now-famous PG&E case where they knew. Somebody generally knows, but what, for the sake of profit, that information just gets lost? I mean, and it's, I find it very frustrating. And I can tell you, as the person out in the field, how frustrating this is to the consumers. I mean, who are we supposed to turn to to trust? And, I mean, this is where I become, even though I have a great deal of fun teasing the lawyers, their biggest defender and their biggest advocate because they're the last front of justice that's going to fight against the system to help the consumer, to help the people. And there's way too many reported instances of not just a whole variety of problems, but these girls are experiencing the same problems, not only in the United States, but in the U.K. and in Australia. And, I mean, we are a society of people that that run to the aid in genocides in other countries. And how many people do we have to, to name to have that? Because it's happening right here. That's exactly what's going on, because these girls, unbeknownst to them, are getting injections that aren't safe. We need to pull it. We need to take a look at it. And we need to make it right by those who trusted the FDA, who trusted Merck, who trusted the system to do something to help them that actually ended up hurting them. I think it's a problem. Any good lawyer, Tom, is going to uh, look at the defenses that Merck has. What do you see on their side? Well, um, you know, maybe you're asking the wrong guy, because I can't see anything on their side. You know, when you talk about uh, mandating something like this, it seems that, let's suppose there was a communicable disease out there that they wanted to give vaccines to so the people wouldn't get it and infect everybody else, uh, maybe polio or something like that. Then the state maybe has an interest in making sure you do not get this communicable disease because you can infect everybody in the market, everybody in the restaurant, whatever. On the other hand, this is not obviously a communicable disease, and therefore it seems to me a person should really know the good, the bad, the ugly about the particular drug before they would subject their young daughter to it. And especially with uh, the, the person, one of the designers of the drug, being so concerned not to give this to very young girls. So it seems I'm going to make a prediction. I predict that within two and a half years, there will be a huge black box warning on this Gardasil that says, warning, this has been known to cause grand mal seizures, strokes uh, when given, to warn every doctor out there that this really isn't the, quote, cure for cancer with no side effects, but rather this is a product that has a lot of side effects, serious side effects. You know, it's one thing that Aaron talked about maybe somebody passing out when the drug was given. Well, that's unfortunate, but I think if you weigh cervical cancer versus passing out, um, you know, I suppose a guy would say, well, I want to get rid of the cervical cancer. But when you start weighing permanent things such as grand mal seizures and strokes, you know, you want to say to yourself, man, do I really want to do this? So I think that there's going to be, that's my prediction, a black box warning on this drug. 
And the sadness of this is going to be, just like with Vioxx, there was no black box warning for years before they finally told doctors this stuff causes heart attacks. And the problem is going to be that you're going to have a lot of young people suffering a lot of injury at this stage of the game without their mom or dad or their doctor, really, ever really knowing about the potential side effects. Well, we need to take a short break. We'll be right back with more talk about Gardasil and the next steps. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. With A-plus conferencing, you can have the parties on your conference calls individually built. A-plus conferencing, specializing in law firm conferencing services, has done what other conference providers have refused to do. Allocate the expenses of each conference call to the participating parties. A-plus conferencing can also provide you with web and desktop video conferencing and deposition and court calls. Give Susan at A-plus a call today at 888-239-3969 or check out A-plus conferencing at www.aplusconferencing.com. He was the gunner in your law school. I was captain of my law school's mock document review team. He's the last one to leave the office. Why leave work before 9 p.m.? You're just going to get stuck in traffic. And now he's kissing up to all the partners. Knowing that I made some partners a ton of money is all the reward I need. Get this year's hottest gift for attorneys, the Perfect Associate, available at PerfectPlush.com. PerfectPlush.com, your source for legal humor. That's PerfectPlush.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're talking with attorney Tom Girardi from California firm Girardi and & Keese and Aaron Brockovich, president of the consulting firm Brockovich Research and & Consulting, and yes, that Aaron Brockovich. And we're talking about Gardasil litigation, uh, although there isn't really litigation at this point. Tom, you were just doing a little bit of uh, future telling. What What's the future tell about whether there will be litigation about Gardasil? Well, I think uh, clearly there will be. Uh, you know, we intend right now, we have several of the world's leading experts giving us advice with respect to this product because we want to know not only that it causes these 70 or 9,700 incidents, uh, but rather the basis and the mechanism by which it uh, causes those things. However, vaccine litigation is not necessarily going down to the courthouse and filing a lawsuit against Merck, as you could do with Biox. Vaccine litigation has certain protections. You have to go to the, quote, vaccine court. And in the vaccine court, you're permitted to put on your damages. You're permitted to put on the fact that the vaccine caused the damage. But Merck isn't even a party to the vaccine court. Then there are limitations. The most you can get in the vaccine court is $250,000. So 
lawyers who are repre- lawyers who are seeing people who now have a permanent stroke condition, obviously $250,000 doesn't do much to help that person through life. And there are other areas that we're looking at. If the, the Consumer Remedies Act, namely that they, Merck, did not properly tell people about the side effects of this drug, uh, we're looking at that aspect of the case to see whether or not we'll be able to get out of the vaccine court. The vaccine court is just a total, uh, total bump in the road. You go to that court, then you got to go to the vaccine appellate court. And even though the people taking this drug are young, you know, by the time they finally get an award, they're probably all in their 70s. I'm being a little facetious. But, but is, is that court is, a final arbiter of these cases, or is that kind of like a medical malpractice tribunal would, would operate in some state courts? Yes, uh, the latter. So then you're permitted, perhaps, uh, to go forward after that point. But... Clearly, there are a lot of procedural hurdles that one has to do, and we have to arm ourselves with proper expert analysis here to make sure that we can show to the vaccine court initially that, in fact, this vaccine caused the problem, without a doubt, and that Gardasil is the culprit. And without that proof, and that proof has to be, according to various you know, federal standards. Without that proof, then you're not going to succeed. So I think initially, just like with Vioxx, it started off slowly with one or two physicians being able to put it all together. And then more and more expert witnesses got involved and proved beyond a reasonable doubt the side effects of Vioxx. And I think the same thing's going to happen here. And that's what we're doing right now. Well, Aaron, it's a $360 for a three-shot regimen, apparently the most expensive vaccine the FDA's ever approved. Um, just a real moneymaker for Merck, and is there anything that women can do to be pre-screened to avoid the problems? Well, you know, we discussed that, um, and I'm getting ready to do another blog on, on the Gardasil, but, you know, via emails back and forth with so many women from from all over the world they're having these problems. You know, I, I don't want to give them the advice not to get the shot. But once they are armed with information, and, I mean, this is something that I think is so critical that when, you know, deceit always seems to play a major role in every single one of these issues. And any person in the absence of information cannot defend themselves or protect their family or guard against, you know, future health disasters. And so once I'm able to arm them with um, links to go to, um, information that they can access, um, how to check with the the VAERS, you know, which is the Vaccine Reporting System Act, so that they can look at what's going on and give them uh, information and through awareness and choice, they will make their own decision. And generally, they are now not allowing their daughters to have the vaccine. Um, there's concerns that, you know, the misrepresentation behind this injection um, just encourages, oh, well, you can just go out and have sex, and, and if you get a, a disease, we're going to be able to cure it. And, and that's not what's happening here at all. So what is so critical um, in, in these types of cases, and, and first and foremost, I mean, 
I cannot express enough how thankful I am, and I know other women are, that, that we have somebody like Tom Girardi, who will really go out on that limb to, to defend these women, but does it with their due diligence, not to just come in and attack Merck again or another company, but to do your due diligence in your work to take a look at the situation fairly for everybody and come in and defend those who are going to need it. And um, that is very, very important that, that we have access to be able to do that. And um, I would have to tell you right now, there are many people emailing me that are concerned with this becoming mandatory. Um, many concerns that their voices aren't being heard, and it isn't always about a litigation at the end of the line. They are going to want and they're going to start demanding some justice. But most importantly, that we start speaking out about it right now, taking a look at it right now, and expecting our agencies to pull back on this until you find out otherwise if this is something that you should or shouldn't be giving to your citizens. I think that is critical. So people can always email me, and I'm not going to give them advice. I don't want to do that, but I will give them the information so they are armed and can begin to make appropriate choices and decisions that will protect their family. Hey, you guys. Should Aaron, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to say something. Is Aaron one of the best lawyers you've ever listened to? I'm going to get yelled at. See, I just always love, you know, <laughs> Mr. Gerardically. So eloquently speaks, I just get lost in his words, and then I just come out and I end up getting mad, and, and I, it, it's, it's a frustrating problem that we have here. And uh, my job, again, is, is to try to get as much information as I can out there to the general public and as a consumer so they can make the decisions that, that they need to make um, to protect themselves. Well, part, part of what makes a great lawyer is passion for a cause, and we wish we could have more time to, uh, to hear the passion both of you have about this. But we're about at the end of our time. Uh, we do like to give each of you an opportunity to kind of wrap up with your final thoughts and also to tell our listeners how they can follow up with you if they'd like to do that. So, Tom Girardi, let's hear from you on your final thoughts on Gardasil and uh, what the future holds. You know, my final thoughts, if I were a dad with a very young, very young daughter, I would uh, really weigh heavily uh, the idea of subjecting her to something that could cause something so serious. Uh, and clearly, anything under the age of 18 would, would be almost prohibited in, in my mind. And then if something very bad happens, probably somebody should, uh, should look into legal advice. Probably uh, contact Darren, you know, who's getting uh, an awful lot of these folks referred to her, so that then, as the science develops, if there are legal rights there to be protected, you can be protected. That's all. And Aaron Brockovich, your final thoughts today? Well, uh, you know, Tom says an interesting word there about science, and um, we have talked before about, you know, oftentimes science lags behind the law. And I think that in this instance, they need to get caught up real fast. And anybody can email me at Aaron at Brockovich.com anytime. They will get a response from me. I will arm them with the information that they need. I will direct them to, to Mr. Girardi where we can get them into the Vaccine Claim Act 
system. That's where they want to be. And that we will look at their legal options and do it with full due diligence. And I expect, and I think most Americans expect from companies like Merck to do their due diligence before they put a product out on the market that harms our girls and our future generation. And I expect them to do their due diligence, along with the CDC and other agencies, when in fact we have a problem like this, to get it off the market and safeguard against those who have yet to have the shot so we can stop this problem in the future. Tom, your, your firm is at uh, GerardiKeese.com or .net, I guess, on the web. Uh, any other contact information you'd like to provide to our listeners? No, I think that's great. And, um, if, uh, and I think that we're going to, over the next uh, 90 days, have a lot of very good specific information uh, with respect to this particular uh, drug. And I, I say to your listeners, um, keep yourselves informed. Don't be afraid to ask questions and um, stand up and, and protect yourself and, and your neighbor and those that you don't even know yet. So be vigilant, stay alert, ask questions, inform yourself, and don't hesitate to contact myself or Mr. Girardi's firm at any time because we're here to help and move that process along. Great. Well, Tom and, and Aaron, thank you so much for being on today's program. Bob, that does it for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. And to our listeners, remember you can check out all of our Lawyer to Lawyer shows at thelegaltalknetwork.com. And let me add my thanks to our guests and uh, uh, appreciation for their being on the show. And a reminder to go over to uh, abajournal.com and cast your vote for our show. Talk to you next week, Craig. We'll see you then, Bob. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.